Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodman Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Good morrow, my fellow geeks, and welcome back to another episode of Geek Vibes Live. Uh, I will be hosting today's show. Uh, I'm Nick, and joining me today is Tia. What's up, Tia? Hey, Nick. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. Um, well, I, I'm doing... I'm doing okay, I guess I should say. Um, I am, I am, I, I'm fighting a mild hangover. Uh, but other than that, I, you know, it's a it's a beautiful day outside. We got a lot of cool stuff to talk about, so um, this is definitely perking my day up. Um, Kanan is also joining us. Kanan, what's up, man? Uh, nothing much. Just excited to uh, have Tia on the show today, and uh, excited to talk some uh, geek news. Oh, Indeed, sir. Yes, I too. I'm excited to have both of you on with me today. Um, all right, well, let's get into it. Um, before we really get started with um, any of the, you know, trailers or news or anything, um, I would be remiss if I did not mention um, that we lost our beloved Chewbacca. Peter Mayhew passed away earlier this week, um, and you know, he obviously joins Carrie Fisher and Kenny Baker um, and will forever be in our hearts. Um, one of the best characters ever um, in anything, Chewbacca. Um, God, I, I love Chewbacca so much. Um, and uh, <laughs> just, I mean, it sucks. You know, it's, it's inescapable, but, um, you know, comes for us all, but it always sucks when we lose somebody who meant so much to us uh, growing up, and so um, our thoughts go out to his family, and he will forever be missed and forever be in our hearts. Um, Tia, do you have anything you'd like to add? Um, You know, obviously the legacy of Chewbacca is prevalent for everyone, even those like myself, who may not be the biggest Star Wars fans. Um, I even had a friend whose nickname was Chewie because of Chewbacca. So, yeah. yeah. Um, If I'm not mistaken, I had read in his filmography that he had retired after The Force Awakens. Um, Is that true? And if so, who played him then in the other movies? Because he's been present in the other movies, right? After The Force Awakens? Yeah, he had a he had a successor. I'm not. I can't remember his name. Um, but uh, he had somebody. I'm sure Kanan will probably know. Um, but yeah, he had somebody. Um, uh, they had somebody else play the character of Chewbacca in uh, the Last Jedi. So. Yeah, super sad. I mean, I think I read that the guy was only 75. Um, all things considering, that is relatively young in the retrospective thing. So yeah, do always feel bad when 
someone who is such um, an icon passes, and of course, feel bad for his family. Yeah, definitely. Kanan? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was kind of shocked by it, um, actually, because um, I think he had just, I think he was supposed to make an appearance at a, like a fan expo this weekend or something. Uh, so, I mean, it yeah. seemed like he was still doing uh, appearances and still seemed like he, you know, had the energy to be able to do all that. And, yeah, I was coming out of uh, the movie theater and actually just seen it pop up, and I was just like, you know, kind of just taken back, you know, because, you know, like I said, it just kind of came out of nowhere. And, you know, like you said earlier, you know, it comes to everybody, but, you know, it was still pretty shocking. And, uh, you know, Carrie Fisher, Kenny Baker, uh, who played R2-D2, and now uh, Mm -hmm. Chewbacca. So, I mean, it just seems like a lot of people we grew up with, you know, just – seem to be, you know, losing the battle. And, um, I mean, he, he provided, he, you know, he played the role, um, as best he could. I think he still played the role to some degree, um, in the force awakens, um, not for any action shots, but kind of just, you know, just in the suit kind of probably, you know, still maybe very minimal movement. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know the actor's name, but they did, they went out and found another guy who's a giant, just like he is, um, to play the role. Um, but I mean, there'll be a lot of memories and, uh, you know, we all grew up with star Wars and, you know, whether you're a fan of the the series or not, you know, you still have to kind of, you know, take your hat off and salute him, you know, just for, you know, all the hard work, hard work he put in. I know he did a lot of other stuff, but you know, he'll always be remembered, um, for Chewbacca. Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad you mentioned that he was still, um, like very much uh, on the scene as far as for events and, um, you know, for fans to get the chance to meet him and to, you know, sign autographs and all that. From everything I've read and heard, um, he was just one of the absolute best when it came to that, Um, you know, going to tons of different pressers, um, uh, going to – or conventions, rather – and, you know, just being involved in the community and the fan base. Um, and, uh, you know, that's that's always awesome when you have somebody like that who um, doesn't shy away from, from that kind of thing. Like, it's not, you know, if, if, if it's not for you, like, if you're, um, if you're just not, like, a people person or whatever, like, it's fine. Like, it's not a knock on you, but it is really cool as fans when we get – you know, somebody like Peter Mayhew, um, who, you know, was, was very dedicated to the fan base and, and kind of always seemed to be there. Um, so we're definitely going to miss him and we're going to miss that. Um, but, uh, we need to move on because we have a ton of stuff to get to. Um, I want to start with the Sonic the Hedgehog trailer. Um, so we had that drop, uh, this week, um, We'll we'll refrain from talking about, I guess, his look for just a minute here. Um, but what were just your general thoughts on the the trailer, or kind of what little bit of plot we got? Um, Jim Carrey as uh, Doctor Robotnik, uh, things of that nature. To you, um, <laughs> I have kind of been on the fence about the Sonic movie since they kind of released promo. Uh, not footage, but pictures, posters, whatever. So I want to say that the trailer didn't necessarily blow me away. Um, But 
I do. I did enjoy seeing Jim Carrey as Doctor Robotnik. I think that if you're going to see the movie for anyone, you got to see it for him, just because it looks like he's really got into character and he's having fun with the kind of funkiness of the theme and of his role. Uh, but besides that, I have to be honest that I wasn't really blown away with anything. And this is coming from someone who. I loved the Sonic games. I had a friend who had, like, Sega Genesis, and I think at some point I only went over her house just to play it. I know that's bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, you know, and I enjoyed the Sonic video games and seeing how, and not to overly make this comparison, but seeing how well Detective Pikachu looked, um, I kind of wanted that type of value from Sonic, but I just don't think right. that we're getting it. Someone compared this to like a sequel to a uh, James Marsden pop, and now I can't unsee that. So, uh, oh man! Kind of my brief thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do like your point about. Uh, Jim Carrey, because uh, he does look like he's just genuinely having fun in that role. That's kind of like, um, like I, you guys know, I hate episode. I don't hate it, but it's like my least favorite Star Wars movie is Episode Three, um, and uh, like the the best redeeming quality of that movie is uh, watching Palpatine um, just fuck it, just be a joy to like watch on screen and just be like so like so evil and just loving it and um so maybe like even if this movie ends up kind of not being what we want uh we'll get that same kind of uh thing from Jim Carrey in this role cuz he definitely seems like he's um committed to it and probably going to deliver on it. Um Kanan, what were your thoughts on the trailer? I mean, overall I didn't think the trailer was really that bad. Um if you look at just kind of you know, the overall picture of what the film's going to be about. Uh, of course, right. the standout was Jim Carrey. Uh, just like you said, looking like he's having a really good time with the role. Um, he definitely, you know, was the standout. And I think a lot of people came away from the trailer saying that if they watch that movie, um, it will be because of, uh, you know, Jim Carrey being in the film. Uh, the look for Sonic... Um, you know, it was distracting, but I mean, I don't guess it was as, as big of a distraction as a lot of people were making it out to be for me because, I mean, I really didn't have any interest in this film. So, I mean, I'm not really looking at it like, oh, you know, that's that's a turnoff. I'm not going to watch this movie because of that. I mean, I don't think that they – it doesn't look like they really put a lot of effort into his look. Um, <laughs> that's, that's but overall <laughs> – um, but overall, I mean, I, did, I I saw the trailer and I thought it looked entertaining. I mean, I don't know that I would really spend the money to go watch this in the movie theater. Um, yeah. But I mean, I definitely, definitely would check it out. You know, I definitely would check it out for free, or I would check it out, um, you know, at the Red Box or on Netflix or something like that. So, um, I I think it may draw more interest once they go back and do the redesign. I think you might be able to you know, bring more fans in. People might actually show interest in it um, then. But like I said, it it wasn't the train wreck that I think a lot of people were trying to make it out to be. Yeah, I mean, I I think as far as, like, what the movie basis is, 
it seems fine. Um, like essentially, I, I know at one part in the trailer, Sonic says something to the effect uh, to James Marsden of like, well, I guess I'm here to save your world. Um, so like, I wonder, um, so that, I mean, that would say to me that he's like from a, a different world. Um, so it makes sense in that, in that degree, like, um, like he, it, it's, it's basically setting up that he is an alien to earth, which I think, you know, kind of makes sense. Um, uh, you know, it, it, in some degree, if you're not going to make it its own world, if you're going to make it be kind of set in present day modern times, and that's probably a good way to do it. Um, and then, you know, obviously, um, you know, Robotnik, uh, well, I'm sure there'll be some kind of revelations as to um, his character. I, I, you know, he could just be some crazy scientist who works for the government who they call in, but I, I think there'll probably be a little bit more to it than that. Um, but I mean, I thought I thought it did give you decent setup for like for what to expect from the movie. Um, definitely wasn't blown away by it at all. Um, I thought it was yeah, it was fine. Um, We've seen worse trailers, though, for sure. Um, but, Kanan, you mentioned the look, um, so we do have to talk about that. There was so much internet backlash that uh, the director came out and said they're going to go back and uh, change the look um, because the internet backlash was huge. I, like um, – you, you know, I, and you, what, what else I think is interesting about it is, like – it's very rare that, you know, like the internet stands together and is able to create like this kind of change. So it's, it's kind of cool, like in that respect, um, even though like I definitely wasn't on the front lines of it, I, I still was like, yeah, that looks pretty bad. I should probably change that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was kind of cool. And Tia, you mentioned uh, Detective Pikachu and like how they just nailed it. Like they got, all of the Pokemon in that trailer just looking so fucking great. Um, and, you know, so, you know, for this to hit shortly after that, it's kind of like, whoa, guys, like, yeah, this is terrible. Um, so I think that is uh, partly what created the strong contrast. Um, but, uh, Kanan, I'll start with you. What do you think about um, the Internet uprising against Sonic and, um, you know, your general thoughts on them, you know, basically saying they're going to go change it. I, well, I mean, it's kind of scary how much power people have on Twitter, um, you know, for the director <laughs> himself, the director himself to actually come out and let everybody know that he's heard their complaints and that they're going to go back and fix it. Um, supposedly they're going to go back and fix it. Um, with enough time to be able to meet their um, debut in theaters. So they're going to keep their release Good date. Um, you know, I don't know how much it's going to take to fix it. I just don't know why you put yourself in this situation to begin with. You have the look of Sonic from the first time he was ever designed in video games and the cartoon and everything. Why can you not just go with that design? It's pretty bad when you have people – jumping on Photoshop who probably have, you know, less skills than people that are visual effects artists that are making this movie and they're doing 10 times a better job. And all they're really doing is just putting the correct head on Sonic. I mean, the head 
is <laughs> just changed the entire look. Um, even what right. was what you know a little what was funny is that his design in the posters looked more like his design in the cartoon in the game than it did in the movie. So their posters didn't even right. match what they were going for in the movie. So I don't know right. if they're just trying to make him more human, if they're trying to give him a more human type vibe. I, I don't know really what they're going for. Um, some you know some stuff I did like though. I did like the use of the rings. Um, you know instead of them just being he's collecting them. They're actually used to transport, you know, kind of like Doctor Strange, you know, the little portal, yeah. you know, back and forth. So I thought that mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Um, overall, the the rest of the movie, the look, you know, the look was fine. It's just I don't know how you mess up the character. And me and Tia were talking about this. The people that designed Sonic are the same people that designed the Pokemon, and it's like you got the Pokemon right. You nailed it. I mean, Pikachu looks like Pikachu. Squirtle looks like Squirtle. How can you make Sonic look like that? I I don't get it. It's <laughs> it's it's the whole, you know, Marvel can de-age uh, Michael Douglas to look like a perfect Michael Douglas in the '80s, but DC can't swipe off a, uh, you know, a mustache. And it's the same visual <laughs> effects companies. It, it's I I don't really understand the issue with that. But you know, <laughs> hey, you know they listen. They're going to go back and fix it. Um, hopefully they have enough time, um, and hopefully it pays off, man. Because I, I really, I really do hope that since they're putting all the time and effort to go in and change him, you know, for the fans, I hope they show up. I hope the people that complained about the look aren't the ones that weren't going to go anyways. Because if you're like that, then screw you. You know, if you legit care about this movie and, and the look, then you need to go support the movie because people are going to have to go back and and spend maybe unpaid hours to fix this because of your complaints and i mean honestly i just will stick behind my work i would have just left it alone you die you live by the sword you die by the sword you know that's how they you know they could have made some tweaks here and there you know you see that but i don't know that i publicly would have came out and said we're going to go back and fix it you know just you know just go stand by your creation and if it does well it does well if it doesn't it doesn't yeah i gotta i disagree like i think it was smart for them like with that much backlash like I think it was – especially for a movie like Sonic, like you can get by with that with something like Aladdin. Um, you know, Obviously, they didn't like come out and say, oh, yeah, we're going to change the genie up a little bit. We know it kind of looks weird. Um, like You can get away with that, but for just a Sonic the Hedgehog movie, like if you've got that much backlash, I think it was – I'm not saying it was necessary, but I think it was smart on their part to come out and be like – you know, hey, we're, we we've heard your complaints. Well, you know, we're addressing it. You know, um, but I I do agree with you. Brought up an interesting point. Um, the uh, you know the the um, obvious the mustache uh, from um, <laughs> from uh, Justice League. Uh, you know that probably looks as bad as it did because they were rushing to meet a particular date. Um, so. Therein lies another thing is like don't rush it. Like, don't be afraid to push it back if you have to. Um, like a, 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 like you said, all of these people are, are going to be working fucking crazy hours now to try and get this done. Like if you can, fine, but don't I, – I wouldn't be like trying to work people to death to try and get um, this movie to, to meet when it's supposed to come out. It's not really going to – be that big of a deal if you push it back four months or six months or whatever. Um, so, you know, I, I think 
hopefully they learn uh, from the, you know, catastrophic mustache uh, scenario and, and don't do that. Um, but Tia, uh, your thoughts on them, uh, essentially the internet backlash um, causing them to go back and fix uh, the uh, animation. First of all, I have to say that I love uh, Kanan's live by the sword, die by the sword thing. I don't know. I just found that so amusing for a moment. But, um, yeah, I mean, as you guys are saying, it definitely falls to the influence that the Internet has. Um, I do think that it's smart for them to go in and make some tweaks just because you want people to go to see this movie. And if people are having this much of a visceral reaction to just a trailer they're not really inclined to go to the theater and pay their you know hard-earned money to see this so if you can adjust it and make it better looking so that you can get people to actually consider taking their children taking themselves to go to the movies um for a nostalgic factor alone we keep mentioning detective pikachu but you know i'm almost 30 and I want to go see it because it definitely looks good and it plays on that nostalgic factor for me and you want people to feel that with the Sonic movie right now I really dislike his design I dislike that there's fur um someone pointed out that you know they had put Sonic in the new Wreck-It Ralph movie I would have been fine if you would have made Sonic look like that he's the only animated person that we can see so far in this movie and it just looks weird how he is compared to the quote-unquote humans right so you have that um along with the head proportion and whatever i hate the eyes the eyes look like someone the eyes are so ran- bad the eyes are so bad and then the teeth the teeth are so weird oh my god did you guys see yes. the uh comparison Someone said that this uh, Sonic animation looks like the kid from the original Jumanji. I just busted out laughing. It's so funny because it's so true. Um, I, I just don't like it. I did not Again, see that one, but I, I saw a lot of the memes, and they were fucking great. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll I'll send it to you if I can find it again. But yeah, it's okay. Just, I I really dislike the animation with this. So if they can make it look good, but um, I I forget now, was it you, Nick, or Kanan, who pointed out that the mustache debacle was because they were trying to get to a deadline. So that was just a mustache. Okay, that was just a mustache. This is a whole being. So, yeah, I mean, that could be a problem as well. But um, I think that is good on the people who are behind the movie to at least recognize, like, oh, shit, we fucked up. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um and hey, let's let's hope that it doesn't, you know, run these animators into the ground to try and, you know, get this taken care of and you know, if if need be they they just push it back a little bit. Um but uh but yeah, uh we'll see. I, I definitely think it's going to make a huge difference um as far as like people um you know, people who genuinely uh, we're looking forward to it being so turned off. I, I mean, who knows if it'll make any any sort of difference with, um, you know, uh, your average moviegoer. Um, maybe, probably not. Um, but hey, like if you're doing this movie, you're 
you know you're doing it for the fans of the franchise, um, and you know those are the people that you really don't want to piss off. Um, so uh, probably probably smart on their part to uh, to go back and and change things up. All right, let's move on. Um, the Rock uh, dropped a little tease uh, that he is meeting with Kevin Feige. Uh, I, was this on Twitter, Kane? Uh, it was not on Twitter. It was on Instagram. Instagram. Okay. It was on uh, Instagram. So it was on the gram, as the kids call it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, what does it mean? What does it mean, Kanan? What does it mean? Um, well, I mean, I look at it like The Rock was just really, you know, being, uh, you know, a just a kind of a cheerleader for him. You know, he was uh, congratulating him on the huge success. Um I mean, anybody who's anybody has to congratulate him because, I mean, the movie made, you know, a billion dollars in one weekend. Uh, Yeah. You know, the fastest, I think, of any film. Uh, It's also the fastest um, to two billion. So, I mean, they're just looking at it like, uh, hey, you know, congratulations. But the main thing uh, was what he said, you know, later on, which is that – his assistants and Kevin Feige's assistants have been trying to get them together uh, for a meeting. And just due to their schedules, they haven't been able to, Um, as everybody knows, you know, the rock is probably the busiest person in Hollywood. Uh, Mm. And Kevin Feige, you know, he's, you know, trying to run everything over at Marvel. Uh, And that's piqued a lot of people's interest. I've reached out to people uh, who are in the know about it because I just thought, you know, I can see The Rock wanting to jump on board of Marvel. I mean, because they're a winning franchise, despite what people, you know, may think about them. And, you know, who doesn't want to be part of them? I mean, The Rock's looking at all these other people jumping on, you know, Angelina Jolie uh, coming on board, uh, you know, and they're going into the next phase where they're going to start bringing in other characters. And The Rock probably looks at it like, hey, this is a great opportunity. Um and then, of course, today, you know, we got an email that somebody had uh, given them a tip that The Rock actually could be in negotiations with Marvel to play Namor. Um, yeah. I kind of I pushed that off on my uh, Twitter page because I just don't think The Rock would play somebody of that character because I feel like if they do bring in Namor and then somebody DM'd me and said, hey, Universal still has the rights to Namor if he were to play Namor. It would probably be just in a cameo, not really a cameo, but it'd be kind of in a ensemble type role. Like he really probably right. wouldn't have the way they his own Hulk movie. Now. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so I'm thinking, oh, okay, you know that that might could work then because um, if they're not going to give him his own movie and he's just like sh- say he shows up in Black Panther two or or if he's in an Avengers movie or what you know whatever comes down next, okay, I could see that happening. Um, but you know, because I'm thinking if they're you know if they want Namor and they they're going to give him his own role, they're going to go with somebody younger, somebody who's not as busy as The Rock. Um, and you know, n- you know, if this turns out to be true, then that's that's pretty huge. Um, and there's definitely something there. I know a lot of people are just saying, oh, you know, he's just talking or whatever. But you you don't put out there that your assistants are trying to get y'all together if there's not some interest on both parties. Uh, so my only thing is, 
what's going to happen. I was told, and I'm not going to give the name, but I was told The Rock has wanted to play Namor and was actually in talks to play Namor for Universal a few years ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not making this up. I trust who told me this. And things fell through, and that if The Rock were offered the role of Namor, he would jump. He would jump from DC to Marvel. So there is a legit possibility that um, The Rock may not make the Black Adam movie. I mean, I'm not trying to, like, spread rumors or anything, and I'm just saying that there is legit interest on The Rock and Marvel. Um, It could be for Namor. It could be for somebody else. But um, it's just something that he's really wanted to play, and, you know, maybe when that fell through, that's when he kind of leaned towards DC and playing Black Adam. I mean, he's been assigned to that role for, uh, what, six years? going on six years, five or six years, a long yeah. time that they mentioned, yeah. I think 2013, 2014, something like that. Maybe even before Man of Steel, they said he, yeah. was, he was signed on for Black Adam. So I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not trying to get anything started, uh, you know, but I trust who told me this. Um, I mean, I'm not going to run with it, though, because it's just, it's just – I'm just going to put it out there as a rumor, so I'm not going to, like, write an article about it. Uh, the stuff that we yeah. got – uh, we ran with it as a rumor um, about him being in discussions with Marvel about Namor, but I think that's I think that's huge. And the way things are going with DC, I wouldn't be shocked if we got uh, this week if we something came out that said The Rock um, signs with Marvel. I mean, uh, he said stuff was he said stuff about Black Adam going into production next year, but we've not heard anything from DC, so we don't know where the movement is on that. Yeah. Um, dude, I would totally be down for him to play Namor. <laughs> like, um, that, I mean, that would just be, uh, it would be, first of all, it, it would be awesome to see, like, if they do kind of have him as a, as a, uh, like a villain to start, it, that would be like a super awesome, formidable foe, um, for, uh, Black Panther. Um, I think that would make a lot of sense. Um, I think it would be cool to see um, Namor sort of pop up as you know your your first mutant uh, character in the franchise if you're not counting Scarlet Witch um, and Quicksilver, um, and so that that could be interesting uh, to me. Um, but yeah, I, I think like The Rock would just be so so great for that role. Um, I mean, I could, honestly I I could see like. I would basically, if I was Kevin Feige, I'd be like, "What do you want to play?" Like, I mean, like it's it's The Rock. Like, you have so many characters at your disposal. If he's got a particular one that he wants to portray, that you know you're going to use uh, in an upcoming movie, like just be like, "All right, cool, like done, like done. like we'll 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 haggle the money situation." Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that would just be a great get for Marvel, um, and it would be really really great for The Rock. Like I mean, like you said, with this whole Black Adam thing, like it's been going on for so long now. Who knows if it's ever even going to happen? Um, and you know, furthermore, even if it did, like like I'm not one of these people who's like, well, you got to be in one or the other. You can't be in both of them. Like, sure you can. Why not? Like, let him be. Black Adam and Namor, like I don't care. Like I'd, I'd be totally down with that. They're 
vastly different character. It's not like he's playing Aquaman in Namor where he's basically playing the same character or a very similar character anyway. Um, so I'd be fine with that too. In fact, that would be the best because you get the best of both worlds. Um, but, I mean, if I had to pick one, I would definitely want him to be in the MCU um, just just personally. Um, but Tia, so we just – like, like Kanan just unloaded all of this shit on us. I mean, you probably already knew about it anyway. You're, you, you keep real in the know probably better than I do. Um, but nevertheless, what are your thoughts? Well, as soon as they kind of uh... – put that out there that The Rock you know, could meet with Kevin Feige people were, of course, upset because they said, no, he's Black Adam, yada, yada. And I thought to myself, that God, first of all, I rarely comment on those type of posts on Twitter because I just don't feel like getting, like, the millions of fanboys yelling at me for it. <laughs> but, right. um, but it the guy has been slated to play the character for years now, and it just seems like it's just not happening. I mean, they can keep saying, well, it's supposed to happen next year, and then next year happens and it's not happening. So if The Rock is getting something in writing from Kevin Feige saying, you're going to play this character, let's say Namor, uh, in Black Panther 2 that's going to come out whenever, but we're going to start production right here and now, you know the uh, – what you call is a track record of the MCU. They genuinely do things and they say they're going to do things. So you're going to take that as the rock, especially because he's probably sitting there itching to play a hero or superhero or villain, whatever, a comic book character. Um, and you can say to DC, yeah, whenever you guys decide to get off your asses and actually put me in a movie. But I mean, when is that actually going to happen? So I would completely understand from The Rock wanting to be in the MCU. As you guys said, we got Angelina Jolie coming in. I mean, these are some big names. These aren't, you know, small names that maybe only, like, dedicated fans know. These are household names. So why wouldn't right. he want to jump? Why wouldn't he want to jump aboard that? I have no problem. I think that I really like Dwayne Johnson. He seems like a genuine guy, and I do like movies of his. I have said that, you know, movies like Skyscraper and stuff like that kind of feel just very much like typical The Rock movies. But I feel like with mm-hmm. Kevin Feige with Kevin Feige and the MCU behind him, they could really make him great in one of these type of films. Yeah, definitely. And you bring up a good point, like, with just the, uh, Warner Brothers in general – like, I mean, I can just see, like, the conversations with, like, The Rock and, like, you know, head executives where The Rock's like, come on, dude, like, when's, when's the movie going to come out? Oh, you know, we got to get this, uh, we got to get this, uh, Spielberg wants to do a Nighthawk movie. Like, we, we got, we want to, like, get that on there. We got Birds of Prey, you know, them, like, and he's like, hey, come on, like, I've been on board for, like, ever. Like, yeah. get it together. Like, so, um, <laughs> Yeah, I could I could definitely see that becoming uh, cumbersome. But like I said, I I think I think there is definitely the possibility that he could do both. So um, I mean, you know, I I think for instance, if Kevin Feige has you know a lot of interest uh, in him portraying any particular role in the MCU, 
and one of the rock stipulations is, hey, I, I, I'd love to be on board. I'd love to do it, but, like, I'm, I still want to do this DC movie. I don't think Kevin Feige at that point is going to be like, no, 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 you can't do a DC movie and our franchise. Like, sure you can. Like, I mean, all of these producers and everything, they they – are just like us in wanting all of these movies to succeed because the more that the competition succeeds, the more it steps up the game on, on the other side, and the more they all succeed. So, I, like I, I, I think that's a um, probably like a, a an overplayed um, uh, point of contention, uh, I guess. Um, for for people who say like, oh, well, you, you can't be in both. Like, I, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the case. Um, but Kanan, anything you want to add before we move on, man? No, I mean, I just want to. I mean, the only thing I guess I really would like to add is that you know, I think The Rock is committed to playing Black Adam. I mean, I think it's somebody he really wants to play. Um, right. And we know that DC is going to move forward with the Shazam sequel. I know a lot of people have put out there that they don't think Shazam was successful, you know, because of what it's made at the box office. It was very successful. Um, there are, you know, plans for, you know, like I said, the sequel, they're going to move forward with that. I just, you know, I just wonder if delaying, you know, The Rock actually being part of it, you know, maybe is where some of the interest, you know, was lost. I think they missed out on kind of having him in the movie, uh, to some degree, whether it would have been a true cameo or not. Um, but, I mean, I don't want to see The Rock leave because I think that would be a huge blow because based on what we've heard about what's going to, ha- you know, the Black Adam movie is going to be about, I'm excited for it. Hawkman, you know, the JLA, all of them, I mean, a JSA and all them potentially being part of the movie um, would be huge. Um, and I think if he if he were to leave, I mean, I just I just think that would be very deflating um, you know, for DC in, in some ways because he he really was signed on before you know anybody. Uh, but you know, I guess we'll see. Yeah, and I think that like the sensible fans would want to see him in both. That we have no problem with him doing both Marvel and DC. Um, I do want to see The Rock finally fulfill his role as Black Adam. The poor guy's been waiting forever, I'm sure, as soon as they, you know, put Shazam into production. He was like, great, this is my time. And they're like, hang on, bro. You ain't going to be in it. So, um, you know, I, I we think that... We're going to get that, Max Strong in this picture. <laughs> like, yeah, damn it, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely want to see him in both. I think that would be great. Um, anyone who sits there and doesn't want him to be in both, I just think... Um, are not true fans. I'm going to put that out there. Uh, the not true fans MO. Um, no, I mean, I, I would say they're less true fans of the medium and more one-sided fans of a particular one, um, which I don't feel any of us particularly fall into that category here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how all of this plays out. Um, we got some big news from the uh, TV side of things for Marvel, uh, they announced that Ghost Rider and Hellstrom series uh, are have been announced, I guess I should say, uh, for Hulu. Um, Kanan, what are the details on this, and what are your thoughts? I mean, honestly, I didn't see it coming. 
um, you know, even though someone that I follow had actually called it weeks before uh, it was ever released by um, Variety and Marvel. Uh, the only details I know is that they're, you know, is that they're going to push the kind of spirit of vengeance, um, um, you know, kind of series or whatever, bringing in the Ghost Rider uh, series on Hulu, and then they're going to do the Hellstrom. There is also, um, we may be jumping ahead, but it's just part of it kind of doing like a, a trilogy type show with uh, Ghost Rider, Hellstrom, and then even bringing in Blade um, as a rumored uh, show that Hulu might be bringing in as well kind of to bring in that team um, together. Um, the the main thing is just that they are going to bring uh, Gabriel Luna back from uh, his role as Robbie Reyes on uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so he actually will be. He was confirmed to be returning as Ghost Rider, um, which I think is pretty cool. Um, I like that they're kind of sticking with the, the continuity. They're not going to do a Ghost Rider show and do it with Johnny Blaze. They're actually going to just kind of keep what they have. Um, I do think, though, that because we're seeing this on Hulu, this is going to be um, uh, Permalter's, um, you know, baby. So that's why they're going to kind of keep that um, because I've heard Feige doesn't really like the TV division. That's why his shows will be on Disney+. Plus. I connect to the MCU. Uh, I know that they say um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all that, they, they do, but that's kind of Permalter's doing. That's not so much Feige. Um, he really doesn't have any control right. over that. Um, the first time we actually even got a glimpse of anybody from the TV show was um, was in Endgame Jarvis. when they brought Jarvis. Yep. Yeah, that, uh, he was like the the first one that you know that we got to see actually brought over um, from the show. And I know people can say pay, uh, Agent Carter, but Agent Carter started out in the MCU and then went to the TV show, right. so that doesn't count. Um, right. But it does open the door though. Um, and I'll let Tia talk about that because I know she's getting all giddy over there and probably got goosebumps <laughs> to talk about what talk about all that other Marvel shows. But it does open the door up for the possibility of other stuff uh, to come in, and I think they're going to have a bigger budget. It's going to look a lot better, um, and this is huge because a lot of people have been wanting a Blade show, and if these go well, then I think you're going to really start to see other um, shows um, as well, like Moon Knight. Um, there's a couple other shows that I know they might be working on, uh, but I won't spoil that because my source didn't tell me that I could say that. So I won't talk about that right now. Um, but once it comes down, you know, I can say, yeah, that's what he was talking about or she was talking about. Um, but I'll stop now cause I know Tia's probably just <laughs> itching to talk about other stuff. All right. Well, the floor is yours, Tia. Well, just to comment really quickly on uh, Gabriel Luna returning as Robbie Reyes, uh, I think I read that this is going to be different than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so it sounds like they might be rewriting his origins just a little bit, even though they're using the same actor, but um, that could just be for uh, ease for people who, say, are watching the Hulu shows and maybe don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That way they're like, oh, now i got to go and, you know, kind of watch that to get uh, caught up on everything. But I like that they kept him. He received a lot of praise for his portrayal, and I think I read that the reason why they kind of had to give him the boot on the show was because uh, he ate up the, CI, uh, last day, the CGI budget. So um, 
Hulu pretty much is like, hey, Netflix, you wanted to destroy your relationship with Marvel. Guess what? We're coming in right now because we have no problem with this, which obviously leads me into the fact that now that they're bringing in Ghost Rider and Hellstrom, which are obviously going, and Blade, uh, which is super cool, um, these are more adult type of themes. It's obviously going to be darker. Hulu has no problem putting out content where uh, vulgarities are used, violence is used, so we don't have to worry about it being, uh, you know, lighter, you know, like how we would have to imagine that the shows on Disney Plus are going to be. So I don't care how long I have to wait, but I am begging Hulu to please bring over Charlie Cox as Daredevil and John Bernthal as The Punisher and the other shows as well, obviously, but those are the two bigger ones for me. I have been wanting to see Gabriel Luna's Ghost Rider and John Bernthal's Punisher on screen with each other ever since hmm. the two actors took a photo together on Instagram or something like a year or so ago. Um, I, I know that there is a time limit. Not time, yeah. Uh, that they can use these characters. I think they have to wait till either 2020 or 2021, but that's fine. That's really not that far ahead, and if they're bringing these shows on Hulu, I have to imagine that Hulu has a plan to kind of extend their own little Marvel universe. Please. I know that uh, Jason R. Moore, who played Curtis on the Punisher series, said that it may be difficult to bring the actors all back together if they decided to put these shows on another medium. But I do truly hope that uh, Hulu does take that into account because there are plenty of stories that have not been finished yet, especially uh, in Luke Cage and even Iron Fist, which I know probably not many people are even interested in seeing again. But Don't tell that to Joel. <laughs> Listen, I liked Iron Fist season two, and everyone knows I'm a huge fan of uh, Tom Pelfrey as Ward. So I was super upset to hear Iron Fist being canceled. So if they could try to rework those characters in and at least maybe get the big ones in and kind of rework the side characters a little, I would be completely for that. That would be so cool to me. And I think that. That's what fans have wanted ever since all the cancellations on Netflix happened. People have been looking towards Hulu to kind of be the savior um, in this situation. So if they could do that, I would be so happy. And I do truly think that this opens up the door for those possibilities since uh, Hulu announced that they were going to bring in Ghost Rider, Hellstrom, and Blade. Yeah, I mean, I I think Blade is still just rumored, but... Still, I mean, it would be – it would make a lot of sense. There's been a lot of, like, ongoing sort of teases about Blade. Um, I mean, Wesley Snipes has done it, uh, which kind of brings me to that question. Bring back Wesley Snipes or cast somebody new to you? That's tough for me because I know that Wesley Snipes kind of still wants to play the character and people – absolutely loved his rendition. I think that he still looks good for his age and that he could potentially come back. Um, but at the other sense, since it's been so long, um, I wouldn't mind if they recasted a younger person just to kind of make sure that they could have this person for, you know, a few seasons 
I, I don't know if you could really say that if you brought Wesley Snipes in. Right. Um, Kanan, same question. Would I want to see Wesley Snipes come back? Uh, yeah, or have somebody. I wouldn't want to see Wesley Snipes. No, if it's somebody for a TV show, I'd just rather be somebody new. Uh, if they want to go the movie route, then Snipes would probably be um, would be my choice. Um, I I just don't think they would go that route though. I think it, you know the Blade films they've come and gone. Um, I, so I think they would just they, you know they would recast somebody um, regardless because I think they would want somebody that could you know they could tell their own story with and people wouldn't look at it like you know trying to compare it to you know the other films. So it was kind of like almost like uh, Hellboy. You know they didn't bring Perlman back. Uh, they got someone else and they told it you know from a you know different story, different perspective. And I think that's just how Marvel would go um, you know with Blade. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right. I would, I would just in general just rather have somebody new, um, somebody who's British would be nice. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I wouldn't be disappointed if they brought him back by any means. Um, but, uh, but I do think, especially because it's a like in in this sense, it would be a TV show. Um, not that I think like Wesley Snipes is like, well, I'm above doing TV. I, I mean, I haven't seen the guy in anything in a long time. Um, so I mean, I, I I don't think that would be like the deal breaker. But it just it gives you like so much opportunity to a um, save a lot of money by you know hiring somebody who's lesser known, um, probably easier to work with. Um, but like also uh, kind of like Tia said, it, and you kind of alluded to, Kanan, it it gives you uh, you can pick someone younger who you could, you know, have a lot of room for growth for, um, and you can set up the character, uh, you know, the way you want to do it, and not be sort of pigeonholed into um, having that comparison. It's one thing um, to bring Luna over from, you know, a, another TV series. It's an, it'd be another thing to bring Snipes in, um, and you know, do do that whole setup. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm just super excited uh, for you know all of this content. Uh, it, it's it's definitely um, it's definitely cool that we're getting uh, something to kind of fill the void um, that has been left uh, from the Marvel Netflix shows um, leaving us. Uh, and yeah, like Tia, like you said, like you never know. A couple years down the road, right. we could definitely get those other shows back. So. My one thing is that I feel like they're not going to probably bring all four of the shows back. They may either oh, include, yeah, they may either include the characters in the already existing shows or even merge. I know that when Iron Fist and Luke Cage was first canceled, people were really hoping that this meant a setup for Heroes for Hire show. So maybe yeah. they even want to go that route if they gain the rights to these characters. I'm sure that no one would particularly mind that. Um, and, yeah, I think that – but my one fear is that who might also say, well, you know what, we're creating our own little universe here, and we're going to concentrate on these other characters to give them kind of the spotlight, and those tales were already told on Netflix, which, you know – it's not it's not done, Hulu. It's not finished, all right? I still need Matt Murdock and uh Frank Castle. So just to point that out there. Yes. Uh totally, totally agree. 
Um, and yeah, you don't have to bring over everybody if if you don't want to, or um, you can set it up differently if you do. Um, but nevertheless, like it it would still be really cool, like especially yeah. to get Punisher and Daredevil over there. Like that would be um, that would be super super awesome. Um, but uh, anyway, let's move on to some DC news. Um, well, we got some kind of like more bad news. I, I think DC news just at this point generally is just like uh, it, it just is bad news. Like. I mean, they're pretty uh, synonymous with one another, um, unfortunately. Uh, but uh, Matt Reeves, the Batman, looks like it's being pushed back. Um, was slated to start filming, I believe, uh, near the end of this year and now has been pushed back into next year. Um, Kanan, your general thoughts on this move, um, kind of the, any, any other bits of news that the audience needs and, um, you know, uh, what you think this means for the Batman, um, going forward? No, I mean, I haven't really heard anything else other than what was said and it really wasn't even something that, uh, he wrote in an article. He just kind of, posted it out on Twitter, you know, just kind of an update. Um, I mean, I really honestly, I don't know what this means because we've heard the same thing now every time there's a delay uh, in the script, it's because it's being, you know, polished up. You know, he's still fixing it, still tweaking it. But then, you know, we hear that, oh, we could hear casting, you know, any day now, and there's a short list of actors and this, that, and the other. So, I mean, maybe they're uh, in the works of getting, you know, production started, like they're going ahead and kind of getting the crew that we just don't know about. Um, you know, there, you know, maybe a couple of candidates that Reeves, um, you know, wants to cast and that he's looking at. Um, Umberto came out, you know, a little bit later and said that if it doesn't get delayed because of the, you know, the script um, being turned in, uh, then production will start November. Um, of this year if not then it'll be early 2020 I could kind of see them possibly pushing um, production back because uh, James Gunn Suicide Squad is supposed to start filming I think September that's the earliest that I've heard Um, that could get pushed back a little bit as well I don't think it will because they're getting their cast together so I think it's going to start on time um I don't know if they're going to be filming in the same locations. I I know Umberto said that Batman would start filming in London. Uh, I think the shooting locations for Suicide Squad are Atlanta um, and then possibly um, London. There might be some scenes shot there as well in Warner Brothers Studio. Uh, I mean, really, I I don't know what this means. I mean, I just hope there's, you know, not something internally going on more that we don't know about. Um, I, I don't think that would be the case because, you know, that would be something they would probably put an article out about. Um, I just think it is what it is. You know, Warner Brothers is probably just taking their time. They're going to make sure everything's fine. They got, you know, they got other stuff on their plate right now that they can put out. You know, like I said, Suicide Squad will start filming soon. Uh, Birds of Prey is wrapped. Um, They're in in post-production now. Uh, Wonder Woman's still filming. It's supposed to come out uh, next year. So, you know, I think there's still, you know, a few things out there, um, you know, 
I just, like I said, I hope this isn't going to be something where we end up finding out that Reeves has left, you know, because they couldn't figure the script out or Warner Brothers was, you know, wanting him to change too much, this, that, and the other. I know there was a Collider put something out there that it said something about that Warner Brothers wanted more action in it. I don't know, man. I mean, it's like, <laughs> you know, you don't know if you can believe these rumors. You don't know if Asaish is trying to run with this stuff or what because none of that stuff right. was put out there. Um, it's like all of a sudden, you know, because Variety hears that they're going to polish it up, and then someone says, oh, it's because Warner Brothers wants more action. And then if someone says Warner Brothers is sticking their hands, uh, you know, in the cookie jar again and messing with Matt Reeves' script. And, you know, it just kind of leads to, well, Matt Reeves bail on Batman, you know, just all kinds of stuff. Um, but, I mean, really that's the only information – you know, I have on it. Yeah, it's like we're either going to get like a bit of good news and then all the talk is, is going to like quiet down, or yeah, it's going to lead to exactly like the outline that you just laid out. Like, um, if first we, come I mean, one. honestly, if we got real quick, honestly, if we got a headline on Monday that said Matt Reese has bailed, I would not even be like, oh my God, I'm so shocked. Because at this right. point, I mean, it's almost like we're expecting it, it's just like we're expecting something bad to happen. Because of all yeah. the delays. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I would not be surprised either. Um, definitely hoping that's not the case. Um, definitely hope that they're not, like, trying to, like, force him to make an action movie when he clearly wants to make, like, a detective story. Um, like, that, that is definitely, a, a, like, a, an iteration of Batman we have yet to see. That I think everybody, uh, or at least on the on the silver screen, um, that I think everybody is like geared up and ready for. Um, so God, like I hope I hope that's not like the straw that breaks the camel's back, so to speak. Um, but uh, Tia, what are your thoughts on the Batman potentially being pushed back uh, several months um, because of the script needing to be touched up? Well, obviously, when you first hear that, it's alarming because we've uh, just freshly came out from the news that, what was it, e- Ezra Miller could potentially leave due to script rewrites, right. and now he has left. So it is a bit alarming. At the same time, I mean, anyone who is a writer uh, knows that your first draft is never the final draft, by the way. Everyone's so right. sorry about the uh, alarms going back there. But um, anyway, so you can see it in both directions. Maybe this is just like an uproar culture and it just could be that it needs to get delayed for us to get a really good film. But it is alarming because at this point um, people are not having much faith in DC. I don't think people are really having that much faith right now necessarily in Matt Reeves. Um, especially with Ben Affleck leaving as Batman. I think people were really excited for uh, not maybe excited and also just anxious to hear who the next Batman could be and the fact that we haven't gotten that yet. We are kind of the culture of instant gratification and we're not getting it, and that's where people's frustrations are coming from. But if it could be that this is just being delayed because we're going to get a better movie out of it, let's hope that, but I wouldn't be surprised with DC. I mean, as you said, every news seems to be bad news the more and more we go with it. Yeah, and, you know, I've been one of the biggest defenders of Matt Reeves, like, and and taking his time with the script and all that. Um, But, I mean, 
at this point, it's like, dude, you've been writing this thing for a hell of a long fucking time. Like, I have I have defended him every single opportunity um, that any sort of talk about when was the script going to be finished, yada, yada, yada. Um, anytime that comes up, I'm like, hey, man, everybody just needs to chill out and let the man, like, write a script. Um, but, like, at this point, I, I – I'm not like condemning him by any means, but it's hard to defend at this point. It's like, you know, I mean, I know you want to make a perfect screenplay, um, but like, it's like you need to be you need to be a little bit faster. Um, so, I mean, if I was Warner Brothers, I would kind of be a little upset that it's taken this long at this point. Um, but then again, like, can't be too upset because you don't want to go back and start from scratch. So. Um, I guess, you know, they've, they've already given the guy this much rope, what's, you know, a few more months worth. Um, so, but we'll see. Uh, as Kanan said, I don't think any of us will be shocked if we get any sort of bad news hinting that um, he is thinking about stepping away or has stepped away. Um, but we'll see. Uh, a, a bit of good news um, coming out uh, of D.C. Uh, I, I you know what? I, I I don't know how to say this name, um, so I'm just gonna throw that out there uh, before I before I attempt to do it. Uh, David Desmalchian, um that's that's the best I got. Uh, but he was cast as Polka Dot Man. You know him from Ant Man. Uh, he's the uh, one of the, he's the Russian hacker dude, um, and he's also in The Dark Knight. Um, plays the the crazy dude that Harvey Dent uh, tries to torture for information. Um, but uh, very very familiar face. Uh, he has been cast as Polka Dot Man uh, in The Suicide Squad. I, I I genuinely like this dude in anything that I see him in. Um, I I think. Obviously, I do not expect this to be a big role, but I do expect it. Like, he he seems like a great person to cast in this role um, because he does seem to, he's just got that face that draws you in. Um, and you know, I I think for if you're casting this to be a smaller role, which you know, like I said, I would assume they are. Um, it's good to have somebody like that um, who does kind of draw you in and leaves an impression. Um, so I like it. I really like the casting. Um, I'm glad this movie is um, really kind of seeming to come together and to actually be one of the things that we can really look forward to out of DC. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm really happy. Tia, what are your thoughts? Oh yeah, I'm super happy that this guy got caught, David. Um, I would not even attempt to pronounce his last name, but uh, I think it did know, all right. I, I don't know if I good. pronounced I mean, it correctly, but it sounded okay. <laughs> no, seriously, as soon as you pronounced it, I was like, you know what? That's the best we're going to get. Go, Nick. <laughs> you make the sacrifice. Um, he is prevalent in the Ant-Man movies. As you said, he was in The Dark Knight. He also is in this uh, movie called Prisoners with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. Great movie, by the way, if you have never That's watched right. it. That's right. He was in that. Right, um, and my, my favorite like, director directed it. Who was that again? I feel like I know this. Uh, it was Denny Villeneuve, um, who also oh, there you a go. rival in Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and Sicario. Exactly. So, um, I think that 
if you want to have a familiar face in this movie, which James Gunn uh, is obviously using some of his Marvel connections to bring over to the Suicide Squad, I think it's great. Unfortunately, it's probably going to be, I think, as Dane called this, like, a, you know, a few weeks ago on one of your guys' shows, Cannon Fodder. Unfortunately, I feel like that's what this role is going to be. But still, I mean, I have to enjoy actors who genuinely seem great. And he's had a few interviews where he's, you know, attributed, uh, you know, I think his Dark Knight role to really getting him, like, and his family out of poverty and such like that. So I'm always rooting for guys like that. So I'm just happy that he's been cast in what's going to be a pretty public movie. Yeah, we all have a good underdog story. So, exactly. uh, yeah, I'm excited about I'm excited about this. Um, and uh, you know, uh, uh, yet again, evidence. Uh, granted, this is obviously no leading man, but evidence that uh, actors can be in both uh, DC and Marvel. Um, it's 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 a joyous world with plenty of movies and plenty of roles. Um, but anyway, uh, Kane, uh what are your thoughts on David? The Galaba Galaba, uh, being, <laughs> being, um, you did so good uh, at <laughs> David Dasmalchian. Like trying it again. There you go. Is that what I said the first time? I don't even remember. No, I think the first time you said David Desmond. That's all I heard. No. Oh, okay. Well, so I, I thought it sounded better than that, and Tia did too. So I think you're the one that you misheard. But <laughs> nevertheless, uh, you actually do have the correct pronunciation, I would assume, because you said it so flawlessly. Um, what are your thoughts on him being casted? I think he's an underrated actor, and I think anything, you know, usually a lot of stuff that he's in, uh, he does a great job in. I mean, he his comedic relief in uh, the Ant-Man movies is, is, was really well done. Um, you know, he played a small role, but, uh, in, uh, the dark Knight. So, I mean, he's, he's got the, the comic book pedigree. Uh, I don't look for him to be a character that, um, you know, is, I mean, I, I do hope that he, I'll say, I, I don't look for him to be a lengthy character in the suicide squad, but I do hope his character is someone, you know, that's remembered. I don't want him to be this versions of, you know, this version of Slipknot, you know, where he pretty much was there and gone in like two minutes of screen time, which I, and I don't think he will be, um, but I don't look for him to survive the movie either. Um, but I think I think it's a really good cast. Um, I kind of – I thought he for sure would have uh, cast his brother in that role. Um, oh, that would have made sense. But, yeah. m- but maybe – uh, he didn't go that way because he doesn't want to kill his brother. <laughs> uh, <laughs> since his brother's still alive, his his brother's still alive in the MCU. Um, so maybe uh, he'll cast him, in, you know, in another role. Um, but you know, like I said, uh, David's a uh, you know a well-known actor. I mean, he's got some cred to him, and he's you know he's played some you know decent roles and. I think he was a, a good. I think he'll be a good fit for Polka Dot Man. I think he'll bring a very unique um, aspect to it. And it, he already posted a picture of him reading up on uh, the Suicide Squad, Ostrander's Run. I'm sure he's gonna do a lot of homework, and uh, we'll get the best version of Polka Dot Man we could hope for. If anybody <laughs> hoped we would ever, if anybody ever hoped we would see Polka Dot. <laughs> Hey, I'm sure there's somebody out there who's just like that is my 
favorite. Like, um, I mean, was it Comic Book Girl 19's favorite character is Dazzler? So, like, I mean, there's, I'm sure there's somebody out there that's like, poke it out, man. Um, so, yeah, for that one person out there, um, they're going to be really, really happy um, until he gets killed off. And then, you know, then, then they'll riot. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, uh, I, all in all, I, I, I like it. And, yeah, this cast is, is shaping up very nicely. It's going to be um, awesome when things really get into gear and they start filming and we get a trailer and then all that. It's going to be fun. Um, all right, moving on. Uh, F. Gary Gray, director of Fate of the Furious, uh, is working on a Saints Row movie. Um, n- never played this game. I don't, I don't really know anything about it. Um, Looked at it, like saw there was like four of them, I think. Uh, so obviously it's popular. Uh, but Kanan, um, you have you played this game? Do you, like you know what the kind of premise is to like fill in a noob like me? Uh, I mean, it's similar to Grand Theft Auto. It's just kind of uh, it's got its own little you know storyline and and different aspect to it. Uh, kind of think more gotcha. suited for like gangs, like you know, kind of like gang type characters, you know, where Grand Theft Auto's kind of been, you know, different things, more like, you know, mafia and stuff like that. I didn't really get right. into Saints Row after the first one just because I felt like it was too much like um Grand Theft Auto. But a lot of people that I know love the series are really excited um you know, when they found out about this movie because they feel like, you know, he you know, they can bring the fast and furious aspect into it and um, you know, I'm I'm F. Gary Gray's a great director. I I think there's potential here, but if he makes it too much like Fast and Furious, people are gonna say, uh, you know, that's all this. You know, you're just copying that franchise. And I think and there are a lot of people that are like, why didn't they just do Grand Theft Auto? That's kind of a bigger name uh, than uh, Saints Row. Um, you know. Well, guess we'll just have to, you know, kind of see. I mean, I'm kind of reserved on it just because video game movies really haven't done so well. They don't really – video game to movies don't really translate. Um, you know, the last movie I saw that I thought was really good video game-wise was Tomb Raider, and I didn't think it would get a sequel, but it's getting one. So, you know, I guess anything's a possibility. Uh, yeah, Um Okay, so basically it's Grand Theft Auto esque. Um, so yeah, it makes sense with the title. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's always a pocket for like movies like that. It's just got to deliver on a good storyline. So we'll see if they can they can pull that off. Um, and yeah, probably make it like a little more grounded. Um, I would assume than than where Fast and the Furious, the Fast and the Furious franchise has gone now um, to kind of you know separate itself from that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you're certainly right that video game movies, um, don't have, you know, don't necessarily, um, have a great record or even a partially good record of turning out to be good movies. Um, by the way, just random thought, and then I'll pass it over to you, Tia. What would be really funny is if, like, Sonic turns out to be, like, the ultimate video game movie after all this fucking backlash. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. Um, but, uh, but, Tia, your thoughts on F. Gary Gray uh, working on a Saints Row movie? Um, I mean, I'm kind of useless when it comes to video games. The last video game I really played was uh, SSX 
2012 on the PS3. Um, nice. Was the a big fan of Tricky. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I had to shout out for a second. I <laughs> love this. It's like Tricky. I played the shit out of that movie. I oh, love that so video game, my bad. Um, but the only reason, like, say for, I'm going to shout this out here, uh, the Halo series that is coming out, the only reason why I'm remotely interested in it is because Pablo Schreiber has been uh, cast as the main character. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry. So as far as Saints Row, um, I've heard of it, but never played it. Um, does seem to be a bit grand theft auto. But as far as people, I guess, asking why they decided not to just do a grand theft auto, I mean, you see this where they say lesser known um, and lesser popular things and made it, and maybe it can actually be successful and be more grounded. Um, so I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. So basically, what you the the moral of this is, if F. Gary Gray wants you to go see this movie, then he needs to put John Burdenfall uh, or, or or Pablo Schreiber in it, and then your ass will be in the seat. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you have no idea the kind of movies or TV shows I've watched just because either one of those actors are in it. I mean, I have watched some stuff before, and I'm like, well, this is life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess I'm kind of that way with Tom Hardy. Like, I'll just watch anything with Tom Mm. Hardy. It doesn't matter. Um, So you watched the uh, uh, Star Trek Nemesis because Tom Hardy was in it, right? (laughs) Uh, I don't think I have that. I've probably seen it, but not like in a long, long time if I have. Um, but you know what? I, I would. I would totally go watch. I, if it was on TV right now, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I'll yeah, watch this. <laughs> like, totally. <laughs> I, watched, I watched Luck, which is 90 minutes of him driving in a car and just talking to people on the phone. That's the whole fucking movie. Like, I, and I loved it. It was great. Tom Hardy. Um but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, well, so we'll see about uh, Saints Row, see what, see what they come up with. Um, all right, last bit of news. Uh, Zac Efron is receiving some pretty high praise for his portrayal of Ted Bundy on the new Netflix movie Extremely Evil. No, wait, Extremely Evil, Shockingly Evil, evil. and Vile. Do I have that right? Something um, like that. Ex- extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, ah, and Vile. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I put evil in there twice. I was like reading it and was like, no, this isn't right. Um, anyway, uh, extremely wicked, shockingly evil, and vile. Uh, so yeah, uh, Tia, have you had a chance to see it yet? And um, if not, are you excited to see it? If you have seen it, what did you think? Um, and uh, Zac Efron's performance. Actually, I did watch the movie yesterday. Um, okay. I would say I would say that Zach, Zach Efron, for someone who originated as an actor in a franchise that absolutely made me dislike him and never want to see him in anything because I hated the idea of those high school musical movies, but he did a really good job, and I really think that this made me respect him as an actor and want to see him in bigger roles and more serious roles. I think that he has the capability to do that. Um, as far as the movie goes, it wasn't, it was good, but it wasn't necessarily what I thought it was going to be. I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch it. I don't want to really spoil anything if you haven't. Um, but just to let anyone know, it does focus more on the trials of Ted Bundy than the actual 
murders that uh, Ted Bundy committed. You really don't see any of that. There isn't really anything that is vastly violent about it. It's mostly focusing on Ted Bundy and his relationship with his girlfriend and his relationship then with his wife, who are two separate people. Um, and But the ending, the ending, there was a moment that really just, like, got me. I was like, oh, wow, that actually is terrifying. Um, in a movie that necessarily almost – and this is going to come out wrong. I do not – I am not one of those crazy people that like serial killers. But he's so charming in it, which I think is what te- everyone talks about with Ted Bundy. So in the right. movie, it's like they almost do a job of – because he maintains his innocence, and this isn't like a spoiler. You could watch any documentary about him. But he maintained his like innocence for a very long time, and so you almost sit there going, "Oh, you ca- not feel bad, but you're Zac Efron's portrayal of it, not Ted Bundy in general, but Zac Efron's right. portrayal, um, portrayal. Sorry, but at the end is really kind of when you see that evilness uh, come to light, and I thought he did a really good job in doing it. So yeah, I would definitely say if you haven't watched this movie, it's worth a watch. Nice. I have yet to see it, but it definitely sounds interesting. I like I really like um am like very interested in the new Al Capone movie, but well, because Trump Hardy's in it. Um oh, but, yeah. uh, also, <laughs> that's why <laughs> Yeah, but also uh, because it's focusing more on the later years of his life when he was suffering from dementia, we've seen a lot of uh, Al Capone various uh, in various movies or TV shows. Um, you know, Boardwalk Empire, The Untouchables, plenty uh, of him and and just characters based off of him um, doing the whole gangster thing. I'm I'm more interested in seeing. Um, you know, him at the end of his life, you know, when he's starting to go crazy um, because of right. uh, untreated syphilis. Uh, so, like, I, I like that idea of this movie kind of focusing more on the trial and, and those various aspects and, um, like, really kind of, you know, focusing on just people around him having no clue of, you know, what how evil he was and what was going on in his head. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely going to see it. Um, um, definitely going to watch it. Really quick, I do yeah. have to give a quick mm-hmm. shout-out. Um, Jim Parsons, who plays Sheldon on The Big Bang Theory, played the prosecutor against Ted Bundy in Florida, and he did a fantastic job. So, nice. really happy to see yeah, really happy to see that Jim could potentially really have a career after The Big Bang Theory, which is ending very soon so i just had to shout that out he did a really good job in his part nice that doesn't surprise me he seems like a really intelligent dude um and usually people who have good comedic chops um figuring out like more serious roles isn't as hard for them um i guess as as a lot of people i guess would typecast them to be i guess is the phrase yeah Something like that, um, but uh, but yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, that's totally cool. Uh, Kanan, have you had a chance to see it? Um, if so, your thoughts. Uh, if not, what are you looking forward to out of it, or if you even care to see it? Oh yeah, this was definitely a movie I was going to watch, um, and I watched it Friday. I think when everybody else watched it as well. Um, so my thoughts on it is that the film 
was not what I really thought it was going to be. Um, I thought that this movie, based on what I had heard, was going to kind of delve more into his acts of violence um, with a mixture because of the title, but what I had heard, and then also kind of a mixture of it being uh, kind of told from the girlfriend side of things. Uh, I saw the Ted Bundy tapes, um, so I, I, and I'll tell anybody out there that's listening or will listen, if you plan on watching this movie, I would watch the movie first, then I would watch the Ted Bundy tapes, because the Ted Bundy tapes, you know, give you every, just about every single detail for the most part. Um, and then when I'm watching the movie, I'm kind of like finding myself critiquing it like, oh, that's not how that happened, or I know that that's not how that happened. Um and so I enjoyed it, but it just – I didn't – and I thought Efron was, was great. I thought everybody was great. Like uh, Tia said, Jim Parsons. It's Right now it's still hard for me to separate him from Sheldon, um, but I do think he has a great career, and I think this movie was the first step in him kind of separating himself from that role. Um, and I look forward to him you know, being in other stuff as well. Uh, I thought he did really good for the time he was on screen. When I saw his name attached to it, he was I was really intrigued as to how he would portray the character. Um I thought everybody, you know, did pretty you know, pretty well with their role. Um it even um uh, uh what's that guy's name? Um Osment. I can't think of his first name. But the the kid from uh uh Sixth Sense was in it. He's not a kid anymore. He's an adult now. Oh, uh, Haley Joel yeah, Osment. Yeah. Haley Joel Osment was in it. Yeah, yeah. Haley Joel Osment was in it. Um, you know, he plays the, you know, a, the coworker slash boyfriend to Bundy's um, ex girlfriend. So, I, I think you know they they Hollywooded up a lot of the stuff. Um, you know, like they always do. Um, but I thought Efron did a really good job portraying Ted Bundy. A lot of times, you know, the look, you know, was there. Um, I just wish they Efron's such a you know good looking guy that and a lot of people said Bundy was but I don't I didn't Bundy think so. Was not I wish a time, guy. He was not a good looking guy, but in the seventies I think anybody you know half decent looking probably everybody thought he was good looking. Um, <laughs> but I wish they would have kind of maybe kind of uglied him up just a tad bit, yeah. kind of like how they did uh, Charlize Theron and Monster. You know they made her they didn't just take Charlize Theron and have her play the role of, you know, that woman. They actually, like, put that stuff on her face, and they uglied her up to make her look like, um, you know, the, the the prostitute murderer or whatever. And I wish they kind of done that with him, you know, kind of gave him the unibrow, you know, just made him look a little bit, um, you know. But as far as the outfits go, I mean, he had he had that down pet. Um, it, like I said, I just wanted a little bit more from it. Um but I'm starting to kind of understand where the movie was coming from. It was kind of more about the relationship side of it, not so much what he did. I mean, they kind of try, they go into that at the end, but the movie's not brutal at all. I mean, there's no. not really anything graphic about it. Um, there is like kind of a, you know, an explicit sex scene, which I mean, you really don't see anything. Um, but I mean, there's just not that brutality like I thought there was going to be. I thought they were really going to examine who he was as a killer, like, you well, know. From the title of the movie, that's really what yep. you expected. And, 
you really didn't get that. I mean, he was charming, and you kind of, you know, were like, oh, is this really all this bad luck he's fallen onto him? Um, and I'm not trying to take over your spot right now, Kane, and I just wanted to say really quick that I really like the um, uh, actress who played his ex-girlfriend and then portraying, uh, you know, the guilt that she felt, and we obviously saw her succumb to, like, alcoholism at some point uh, and just kind of like that. I could imagine that that is something that a person would feel if you were dating someone like Ted Bundy. Yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways, this movie was more about her than it was him. Even though he's the star, Efron's the star, and he's, you know, the whole movie, you know, is laid out about him. It's really more about their relationship and what impact he had on her, the guilt she felt, like Tia said, just trying to overcome it, how he consumed her life, how, you know, in a lot of ways, he killed her. And she said that, like, many times in the movie, you're killing me, you know, and I think even her boyfriend that yeah. he said he's killing you, you know, he's killing you. Like, he literally was in a lot of ways. He was killing her, but he wasn't killing her quickly like he was everybody else. Um, he was just doing it really slowly because, you know, she felt that guilt. She had that attachment to him. She defended him for a long time. Yeah, um, she still loved him in a lot of yeah. senses, even when she knew probably in her gut that he committed these heinous acts. Yeah, but you're not going to go into this movie, and you're not going to see him like doing a lot of murders. It doesn't really go into all that. The movie actually moves pretty quickly. I mean, it goes from the first time he's captured to you know the you know the trial, then the second time, and then finishes up. So it moves pretty quickly. So, like I said, definitely watch the movie and then go back and watch the Ted Bundy tapes to get the full effect of everything. The Ted Bundy tapes are great. Um, uh, if nobody's watched those yet, I highly recommend watching them. Uh, there's like four episodes, so it's like four, maybe four and a half hours or maybe five hours total um, of, you know, airtime. But it, it's a really good uh, look into uh, his character um, overall, just how manipulative he was. And, uh, you know, I wish they kind of would would have went into that a little bit more in the movie, you know, because he did have that charm and that you know, that whole playing up to everybody, like, oh, I'm innocent. I mean, he had everybody – he he had women that were showing up at the trial that were saying, oh, uh, we think he's innocent. There's no way he could do this. And He's so good-looking good that has to be the yeah. reason why he's innocent. And, again, Ted Bundy was not good-looking. <laughs> he really wasn't. And, my God, in the 70s, people could really escape prison quite easily. I was like, holy shit, this guy escaped, like, three times. And, like, they <laughs> eluded, you know, every single time. It was ridiculous. But I agree with Kane. They could have showed him luring these girls in a little more. But I guess they didn't want to so much focus on that. But um, still, Nick, you should, regardless, watch, you know, to form, I guess, an opinion of your own with it. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to it. Um, all right, well, let's move on. we got a couple discussions. Um, Tia, I'm going to leave it up to you. Do you want to talk uh, a little in-game Fat Thor box office stuff first or Game of Thrones' most recent episode and the, uh, I guess, dissension amongst uh, many fans as to uh, whether it is uh, a masterpiece, a catastrophe, or somewhere in between? Um. Personally, I mean, listen, I love Avengers Endgame. I can talk about it all the time, but I feel like I have talked so much about it that 
I wouldn't have a problem if we wanted to shift over to Game of Thrones. All right. Well, by all means, what did you think of season eight, <laughs> episode three? Um, I mean, okay, so obviously we walked into this and everyone was saying it's going to be Battle of the Bastards level good, right? And that it was yeah. going to blow us away. There's going to be so many deaths. Um, and the beginning of the episode really started out well. I love the way that they started it with everyone just kind of ominously preparing and you had Melisandre walk over and light the Dothraki swords and then them charging. And it really was a beautiful shot and terrifying of all of those uh, swords going out, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. But other than, and again, I say this all the time, even with DC movies, I'm sure this is something you guys probably get sick of hearing from me, but I can't see, all right? And I couldn't see (laughs) most of that. I kept like turning over to my boyfriend and calling, did blah, blah, blah die? Did Brienne die? Did <laughs> Grey Worm just die? I don't understand. So uh, from that point of view, I didn't really enjoy the episode. I think that the person who was behind this episode was like, all you have to do is adjust your TV screen. I'm like, well, I could have seen, I saw Battle of the Bastards just fine. So, and if like the whole internet is complaining about it, then maybe you should have made it a little brighter. Just saying. Um, but I was happy that not so many people died because if you think about it, they have to go fight Percy. So it didn't really make sense if you killed off a lot of the main players, but I was like, damn, did we just like see the end of the Dothraki army? That's going to suck in the fight. I was like, oh, that's going to suck in the fight against Percy. You needed them. I was like, come on. I, I didn't like that. I did understand, I think you and Dane even talked about it in your discussion that, you know, it is within their characters to be the ones who are going to be the charging at the enemy. So I get that. But they had charged and they couldn't even see them. And it's like, maybe you guys should have waited for them to move forward a little. I'm just saying. Uh, but let's move on, I guess, a little from that. Uh, there was a lot of uh, character development here. Uh, I am such a huge fan of the Hound. One of my favorite characters. Love that mm-hmm. they brought him back. In the, love that they brought him back in the series because they essentially never did that in the book. Um, they kind of maybe alluded to the fact that someone resembling the Hound was around, but they pretty the much killed him yeah. Right. Uh, so really happy that he's still around. And they stayed within character with him getting – that's the – first of all, that's the first thing I thought. When all of a sudden Melisandre lights the Dothraki swords and then she lights uh, the moat, I was like, town is going to freak out. It's just fire everywhere. <laughs> um, and they stayed within that character, and I really enjoyed that. And then I especially loved that he – you know, as soon as he found out that his little murder baby was in trouble, he went off to help her, and that is just such within his character, such great development because – what was it in either the episode prior, the first episode, when uh, Arya says that, you know, he never fought for anyone else. And he's like, well, I fought for you, didn't I? And we see that still, that theme there. So I really just enjoyed that. Um, my Lady Mormont, man, I mean, how could you just do that to a little kid? I was like, oh, no. No mercy. No mercy. Um, so, I mean, I was upset about that, but she did go out like an absolute badass, so I can't be 
too upset. Uh, Theon got his redemption story, which was just amazing. I knew he was going to die. I mean, I was sitting there. I was like, all right, Theon's going to die at some point. I kind of do wish that he died fighting against his uncle, but, you know, he still died protecting Bran, so that was fine. And I don't know what is everyone's problem with Arya being the one to kill the Night King. I'm like, holy (laughs) shit, she's a little murder badass. Like, I was completely fine with that. I thought that was great. Um, So my overall, I guess, feelings about the episode was not as good as some episodes that we've seen, and it does not compare to Battle of the Bastards, but as far as seeing some character development, oh, really quick, loved the scenes between Sansa and Tyrion. Uh, That just made me so happy, because I always kind of like them together. Maybe not necessarily in such a romantic standpoint, but I have always kind of liked their interaction, so really happy about that. Overall feeling yeah. was, it was it was good, just not the best episode. Yeah, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. Like, as far as the, the big battle episodes go, I would probably put this at the bottom of, like, I mean, definitely Battle of the Bastards is better. Hard Home is better. Um, uh, the um, Battle of Blackwater Bay is better. Like, uh, Watchers of the Wall, that's better. Um, so, like, pretty much, like, it's it's the worst of Miguel Sapochnik, but even the worst of S- Sigel, Miguel Sapochnik is still fucking amazing to me. Um, so, I enjoyed it. I didn't have, I don't know, I guess maybe my TV is, is just naturally brighter or whatever, but I didn't really have too big of a problem, like, seeing what was going on. Because um, I know Dane mentioned that too, and obviously the collective internet was like, "I can't see shit." <laughs> um, but uh, but I I just didn't like personally have have as much uh, problem like deciphering like what was happening. It was dark, but I could kind of you know figure figure things out. Like at no point like Dane uh, had the same thing as you, where he was like, you know, like he I he I think he said he thought Brienne had died like three different times. Um, and I didn't have that problem. Like there wasn't a point where I was like, "Holy shit!" They just like, cause like I guess they just figured they would, they wouldn't do it quickly. Like they'd have a moment or something. Um, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I totally understand. I I can empathize with people who don't like that the Night King's motivations were never explained uh, on, on a level that you would expect. George R. R. Martin to explain it. Um, like his his motivations were explained in the second episode of this season. He wanted uh Brand says he wants an uh, never ending night to sweep across the world. Um and like I, I, I kinda just figured that's what we were gonna get in the show. We weren't gonna get like a super complex plan or anything like that from the whites, from the you know, the characters uh, the, the White Walkers, rather. Um, so, yeah, I was all right with it. It, it didn't, like, su- super bum me out, I guess, because I hadn't built it up in my head to expect it. I expect that we'll get something more intricate from George R. R. Martin, um, and they don't even have the Night King in the um, in the books, at least not yet. They have something called the Night's King, um, but that's completely different. It's not this. Um, so... I'm sure we will get that if we ever get the books, but as far as that, I, I you know, I wasn't I wasn't terribly bummed about it, and I loved Arya Arya getting the kill. Um, made perfect sense to me. Um, she is a fucking badass, and 
Um, you know, just uh, and I love the fact that she used the move she used on Brienne. It was super cool. I liked it. Caden, uh, what did you think about the episode? Um, and I guess if you want to add anything about the fodder going around, uh, you know, between peoples on the internet. Uh, all I want to say is that if people are upset about this episode, then yikes. Y'all might want to stay off the web and the TV for the last few episodes, especially if the stuff that's come out um, gets around, y'all might be wanting to burn everything down. Um, as far as the episode went, I mean, as far as the episode went, I didn't have any issues with it because I thought they shot it exactly how they wanted to. The 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 show was shot, you know, to look like they were fighting in the dark, which they were. I mean, with, you know, firelight really being their only source of light. Uh, I think they showed us, you know, what they wanted to. Like when someone major died, we saw who died. I had no problem seeing who died. Um, you know, it wasn't the episode that we thought half of the crew was going to die. But, you know, that makes sense because there's there was going to be three more episodes to go, so there wasn't really any sense in killing off a lot of major players. I mean, they did kill off a few. Um, but, I mean, I saw everything. Like, I mean, there might have been times that, I got confused and I couldn't tell where Grey Worm was, but they didn't focus on him to the point to where I was like, oh, he died. Like, I knew Jorah died. You saw it. I knew um, uh, uh, Ed uh, died. Ned, or they Ed, showed it. Ed, yeah. Yeah, yeah Ed. Um, you know, so all of those deaths, they sh- they focused on. I mean, you know, you saw them. So I wasn't worried about anybody else dying. Um I was shocked about uh, Leanna Mormont dying, but I thought that was pretty cool because that was something nobody was really expecting. Nobody expected her uh, to die, and she went out like a champ. I mean, she she's a true warrior, uh, and she you know she died fighting. I thought that was one of the best scenes um, in the episode, along with uh, Arya doing the. Uh, dark Maul with the, the dual bladed lightsabers <laughs> with the staff or whatever on all of them fighting them off. Um, I mean, I, I thought the episode was really well. You know, this the director he's done most of the big battle episodes. Um, I don't blame this on him. I think a lot of people just complaining. You know, to complain. I, I think they. My only issue was is I was I assumed that this episode would be about the entire battle, and then this episode that we're getting tonight, the first half of it would be them wrapping it up. Like, I really thought that the Night King probably would go one more episode, um, and I kind of really wanted to see that epic showdown between him and Jon Snow, because it was like any time the Night King and met with Jon Snow, he just threw up his arms like, come at me, bro, and then brought all of the people back from the dead instead of fighting him one-on-one, which makes me think that the Night King... I mean, he just he really ain't this great fighter. He just relies on his powers and others around him to do his bidding. He doesn't have to fight. I mean, he can throw a mean ass ice uh, spike, uh, you know, spear or whatever. <laughs> but other than that, I mean, he ain't doing much. I mean, he he really ain't doing nothing. And they, like I said, they got what they wanted from this episode. I think we got the surprise death with Leanna Mormont, which a lot of people didn't see coming. And then we got the kill from Arya um, because 
I watched videos of people reacting to that, and I remember how I reacted, and it made me – I jumped up out of my seat, and I was like, yeah. oh, my God, you're shitting me. Like, what? Like, at first, because I'm thinking, oh, shit, dude, Ari's about to die. Like, he done grabbed her by the throat. He's yeah. about to kill her or turn her. I thought he was either going to kill her or turn her, and I'm just like, there's no way John's going to make it because – uh, Viserion's right there, ready to torch him if he moves. And it looked like John yeah. was pretty much giving his last stand. And I'm just like, this is it, man. Some shit's about to happen. This is about to end on a cliffhanger, and we're gonna have to wait a whole week. And then she does the sleight of hand move that she did to Brienne when they were training, and then stabs him in the gut. Um, and everybody just dies. And I mean, that mo- that was epic, man. Arya has had some of the best character development in this show. And it started from season one, and it's continued from her time with the Hound for her time with uh, the no um, the men with no faith. Just everything, the all this men, yeah. training has led to this, and uh, yeah, the faceless men, and uh, you know everything has just led to this. And you know, going back and looking, you know, Brand giving her the knife again last season, um, the stuff that Melisandre told her in season three. I mean, dude, it's just been setting her up, and she's the MVP of this of of that episode. I thought she was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and she killed the Night King exactly where the Hound showed her where to kill someone. So yeah, freaking Arya, man, the best. Yeah, and yeah. and there are, and there is some cool stuff out there that you know I, I can't wait for us. To, I kind of want us to have a recap show once everything's over with. Um, because like I said, you know, I, I've read some stuff today that I think a lot of people, as, when the show's over with this season, they're just, it's it's going to, and they said this from, you know, I think the beginning of the season, it's going to divide fans uh, where it goes from here. It's going to be bittersweet. Is, uh, well, that's uh, what George R. R. Martin said, just in general. Well, like, well I know, know d said they are not going to be online when the final episode comes out because they don't <laughs> want to hear. So, I mean, if what I've read is true, and I, I, I unfortunately I will spoil it on tonight's episode. So, um, like I yeah, said, don't spoil if anything you saw, yeah. no, I'm not, no, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying I, somebody on Twitter spoiled it for me. But I'm just oh, saying, if you thought last week's episode was bad, then people are going to be just. Uh, I mean, just I don't know, man. Just I'm going to get online because <laughs> I want to see everybody lose their minds. I think that's the best part of watching these shows. Uh, but. I I want to I want to talk. I'll see if Tia wants to talk about it off or whatever because it's pretty I, cool. It's nothing. Be, it's it's more it's more to do with the Night King than it is fooling anything else. Um, but it, it's it's kind of a spoiler slash theory or whatever. Um, yeah, but I don't want to hear. You, it. If you want to know, we can talk about it off air. <laughs> no, because people will be listening. Fine. People will be I'm listening. I'm perfectly fine with that. Ruined everything. Yeah, yeah, I'm that'll totally be good. fine with but, you talking like off screen, but I just want to say really quick, I was talking about like the end of the show with Brittany, and I, I keep going back to Ramsey Bolton and his very like meta like line where he said, "If you think this story's gonna have a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention." I don't know, hmm. man, like because this show may not end the way that fans want it to end. I don't. I, I fully. If what, like I said, if what I've read is true, I I don't think it's going to end the way people want. I think people want it to end a certain way, and I think that. And I think. And we got to remember that George R. R. Martin, even though a lot of these stories aren't 
uh, from his book because he hasn't finished it, he approves this. Like, they go to George R. R. Martin and they say, hey, what do you think about this? And he usually gives the okay on it, and they run with it. So we may not see this in the book, but we got to remember that George R. R. Martin approves a lot of the stuff that they're writing and that they're coming out with. And, you know, this guy hasn't isn't afraid to, you know, to do off. the – yeah, to go out there and, and kill off people that you love and, and change stuff up. I mean, he likes that. He's kind of the shock jock of, um, of you know, Arthur – I mean, Arthur's – of authors. Um, <laughs> as uh, long as we get Clegane Bowl, I'll be perfectly fine. Yes. Yeah. Give me Clegane Bowl. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to have that, man. After their, yeah, after their confrontation last season, we got to have that, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because the setup, I mean, it was, the setup was already there, but, like, dude, like, that, that, like, totally teed us up for it, um, so, in fact, that was probably one of the biggest reasons why I predicted that the Hound wouldn't die in last week's episode, because I was like, we haven't gotten the game bowl, man, we can't kill him now, um, so I'm very, very happy that he's still around, uh, for that epic battle, um, all right, real quick, uh, before we, uh, wrap things up here, uh, what's uh? Do you, do you have the box office numbers for uh? I know what it, it's now past two billion. Is that correct, Kane? Uh, yes. The movie is actually at two point one nine billion, uh, making it the second highest grossing film ever. It passed Titanic, and it did it in eleven days. Um, so now it's only <laughs> six hundred less than six hundred million away from passing Avatar. Kanan, by the way, I Good. have to say, I loved your tweet. I was dying. I hope they remember you as Avatar's disappearing. That was the best. <laughs> oh, and all the Avatar <laughs> and amazing. all the Avatar and Marvel fanboys came out to hate it. <laughs> that is fucking hilarious. How could anyone hate that? Like, come on now. Um, no, that's, that's fucking great. Um, yeah, that's amazing. In 11 days, it's already made over $2 billion. Like, I don't know, man. Maybe it gets to three. Like, maybe it just gets to $3 billion And then, uh, you know, the, the collective studios are just like, yeah, no one's going to beat that ever or for X amount of time or whatever. Because, um, I mean, I, I know it's, it's, it's tapered off a lot um, since – or I read somewhere that it had, I guess um, – but still, I mean, if it's already at two billion, like I don't know, I could I could see it making it to a billion. I think a lot of people are going to go back and see this many, 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 many times. Um, so yeah, I mean that that'll be. I, I just hope it beats Avatar. I, that's that's really all I want. The fact that Avatar is the highest grossing movie of all time is a fucking travesty. Uh, it's not even but, a good movie. It's okay. It's fine. You know, it's fine. It's, it's <laughs> Pocahontas with blue people. Um, but uh, nevertheless, yeah, that that is super super cool. Um, Tia, your thoughts on that, and then uh, if we want to wrap up with just any sort of lingering in-game discussions, I know you had some thoughts on Fat Thor. Yes. Um, first of all, love that Avengers Endgame is making the money that it is. Hope it really does pass Avatar. Um, it's a great movie, and it's the wrap-up of everything that we've seen for the past 10, 11 years. So that's awesome. I mean, the, the way that fans have flocked to the theater to go see this movie is just absolutely 
insane. And honestly, the actors, the production, the studio, this, that, they, they deserve it. So I'm super happy. Um, yeah, I do actually have some thoughts about uh, quote-unquote fat four because obviously when you first see uh, Chris Hemsworth on screen in the shape that he's in, it is jarring. And uh, we, <laughs> as a society, we as a society are inclined that when we see that much of a weight gain, especially when you know this, obviously, prosthetic, we are inclined to laugh. No one laughs seeing uh, Tony Stark practically skin and bones because that's not funny, but fat floor is funny. But the more you think about it, um, and I certainly thought about this as the movie went on, and then obviously the Russo brothers kind of confirmed it, it's not really meant to be a gag. It's depressing because you have Thor who's always been kind of um, in control of himself obviously feels a extreme amount of guilt for not initially killing Thanos to even hear him when he uh, slices off Thanos' head that he's kind of in his own mind and he says, oh, well, I went for the head. And he's depressed. He's sitting in. He's not going out. The new Asgardians even said that he's not leaving unless it's for beer and he's just not taking care of himself. And even when Bruce mentions Thanos, he just completely changes from this, like, happy, jolly, fake persona that he's putting on and says, like, don't say that name. Um, So I I do have thoughts on it that it shouldn't, again, I think that I'm not not going to uh, persecute anyone who initially laughed at the, you know, scene of him because it is, you know, all we can do is kind of laugh, but I think to maybe take into consideration that what that kind of transformation really meant for his character. Yeah, not to say that they played it specifically for laughs, um, because it, right. it, it, that yeah, you would be missing the point if that's what you think. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I, I think uh, even... go ahead. Oh no, I'm so sorry about that, Nick. Um, I was just gonna mention. Even uh, Kanan had said at some point that he was watching, like, reaction videos to Thor slicing off Thanos' head, and people were laughing at it. And it's like that wasn't necessarily supposed to be a laughing moment. So people just don't understand how to, I guess, react or even, like, uh, retain things or, re- I don't know. Anyway, sorry, you go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Um, well, no, I totally, like, I can kind of get that because, like, I totally laugh at parts of movies that, like, nobody else, like, laughs at. Um, uh, so, like, I mean, I, I can kind of empathize there. I don't remember if I laughed when I, I do remember there being a moment that I laughed that, like, nobody else around me was really laughing. Um, I don't remember specifically what it was. But it was probably because, like, it was, it was a, like, a bigger um, – a big geek reference that a general audience wouldn't get, and I didn't see it on opening night. Um, so that's probably what it was. Um, but regardless, I, I think you do have a good point um, that uh, that that uh, creative choice uh, was was done, uh, you know, not not uh, not tongue in cheek, if you will, um, and and really kind of showing the spiral uh, that he went through over the last five years. Um, and kind of what that what that entailed and what that did to him, um, but yeah, like I I, um, uh, I think they did a great job with it. I really really do. I think they did a great job not just with Thor but with all of those characters. 
Um, like obviously Thor, you know, is, is, you know, isolating himself and just cutting himself off from the world. You have Natasha who's basically trying to fill in for Nick Fury and just to do her best to bury herself in her work so she can, you know, try, um, you know, try, try to, uh, move on, if you will, even though she knows she can't do it. Um, obviously, you have Steve Rogers, who kind of takes a page out of Falcon's book and leads um, leads those meetings. Um, and then, you know, you have Tony, who um, has it better than, you know, pretty much any of them, um, but he still can't get over the fact that, you know, he um, couldn't save Peter. Um, which ends up being, you know, one of the big moments that he makes the decision that he makes uh, and to come in and help. I think the setup that they did for all of these characters was just so, so, so good. Um, but, Kanan, uh, your thoughts on any of that or just any sort of lingering in-game thoughts that you have? Uh, I mean, as far as the stuff goes with Thor, I mean – I think a lot of I think a lot of the stuff with Marvel films is that they'll they they'll have a moment where they want the film to be like serious, but then it's almost like but let's not make people look at each other and be like well this is a really depressing film so then they throw in a joke, uh, and I think a lot of people take offense to that because they don't you know like the stuff with Thor they just looked at it like oh he's fat what they don't realize is that he's he's depressed like he has severe PTSD. Right. Um, he feels like he failed everybody, and he handles it different. He just took it a different way, and there are a lot of people that got offended by people laughing about that. And you know, I, I mean, I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm not gonna like deny that I laughed at the melted ice cream joke because I thought that was pretty funny. But I mean, there were people that literally like when you, we posted about the the trailer, you know, the reaction, and people were like. Well, what did you what did you think about them fat shaming Thor? I mean, there's a lot of people out there that literally have issues with that, and they don't think it's funny at all. There's people that commit suicide over that stuff, and people watch this and they're like, "Why don't they take that serious?" Um, there was there was somebody in there were a lot of people in the screening when Thanos, uh, you know, because when he killed Thanos at the beginning, you know, and it's like everybody's looking around, like, and even Rocket's like, "What did you do?" You know, that was a serious moment. And he was just like, I went for the head, you know. That was a callback to the movie, yeah, but everybody was laughing. I mean, people, I think, just, they laugh at everything in Marvel movies. Like, there were people that just all of a sudden busted out laughing because they saw Captain Marvel flying the ship in. I'm like, why are you laughing at this? Like, what's so funny about that? And then there was somebody laughing as soon as they went um, and they saw the rat running on the um, the control pad. There were people behind me bu- uh, laughing. I'm like, there's nothing funny about this. There's nothing funny about a rat running on top of a uh, on this. I mean, there's nothing funny at all. Like you people are just like programmed to laugh at the stupidest stuff. I don't get it. Uh, you know, and it's just. I mean, I can see where some people are like that. It doesn't take away from the movie. It doesn't take away how I feel, how great it is, or anything like that. But I mean, I can see where people. You know, they look at that, you know, a lot different. That they are body shaming Thor um, for for being overweight. But I, what I loved about it, though, was that he accepted it. You know, he yeah. still wanted to be worthy. Um, and you see how proud he gets when uh, he calls for the hammer and it comes to him. You know, he, he really had that moment um, with his mom. I mean, there were a lot of people that were kind of upset that she, you know, told him to eat a salad and kind of made a joke about that. But 
he started to kind of like come back together. He didn't like use magic to make himself look better. He owned who he was. And, you know, I applaud him for doing that because he could have. He could have just summoned whatever and went right back to looking like how he did. I mean, um, but he didn't do that. So, um, I mean, I guess there's, like, just different stuff to take away from it. But, I mean, like I said, I, I, I see the, both sides of the coin. But it's not something I wouldn't necessarily, um, like, look at Disney and say, oh, you know, you don't care about fat people or you don't care about people with depression and stuff like that. Yeah, I did really I, I like was, that. Oh, sorry. Uh, I I I really liked what Kane said. You know, I like that they didn't automatically like, oh, thunder, lightning, and then all of a sudden he had the perfect bob back. It's like, no, he was still able to kick ass even being in his shape. And I thought it was really cool that the lightning uh, braided his beard. That was awesome. Yes. <laughs> yes, that was super fucking cool. Um, and I'm just happy he's got, like, a fucking gnarly-ass beard and long hair again. Like, that's one of the great parts of jumping ahead five years. Like, yes, we get, like – like, I didn't mind the short hair Thor. Like, that's fine. Um, but I'm I'm all here for, like, huge bearded Thor. Like, yes, great. Um, and, like, him joining the Guardians is going to be awesome. That is exactly what I wanted uh, for his character uh, moving forward. Um, even before I saw this movie, so uh, so yeah, like I'm I'm super excited. That's going to be awesome. Uh, also, just one more quick thing of note. I posted this on uh, the Facebook group, um, but for anybody out there who may have missed it, uh, so I, I had like a big question on last week's episode about this, um, and I it was answered by the directors. So apparently, when they get the Pym particle from um, Nebula from Future Nebula, um, they uh, Ebony Maul was able to reverse engineer it, and that's how Thanos and his all of his people um, were able to come back, uh, or I guess come forward in time uh, from 2014. Um, so if anybody had that same like kind of pondering question, um, that that. Uh, is the answer that we were given. It would have been nice to have just had a, some slight bit of exposition to explain that, but I mean, this is a three hour movie. You got to make cuts somewhere. Um, but anyway, uh, great show guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Kanan, uh, you got anything to plug, anything going on on Twitter, on the website, any of that? I mean, we always got stuff going on. We're posting content, uh, daily. Um, just make sure to follow, Follow us on Twitter at Geek Vibes Nation. Follow us on Instagram at Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, check out the website, gvnation.com. Uh, there's a ton of articles on there. There's also links to our podcast. Um, so, you know, definitely check that out and then check us out on Facebook. Uh, just type in Geek Vibes Nation and look for the group. And we're doing giveaways monthly and tons of screenings. Um, Oh yeah. Word. Uh Tio, uh you got an article you're working on uh that you wanna promote or maybe one that you finished recently? Um, I mean uh I'm gonna be watching the season premiere of iZombie, so I'll be coming Ooh. out with that review and also nice. if you guys can check out my recent podcast, we did the top ten moments from American God season two, which I really enjoyed nice. doing that this morning. Yeah. 
Excellent. So that's up for everybody to listen to as well, so be sure to go check that out. Um, and as for some of the other stuff coming down the pipe this week, we'll have the Game of Thrones uh, recap uh, tomorrow evening with myself and Dane. Uh, Full Court Press is back on Tuesday, breaking down uh, all the semifinal games uh, since the last episode. Um, and as always, Dane will have Wrestling Geeks Alliance on Wednesday. Uh, and then we'll cycle back into it all, and we'll be back here next Sunday. Similar time, same channel. Uh, so be sure to join us then. Uh, until then, peace. Have a good night.